Welcome to the Painter's Dialectic Podcast. I am your host, Josh Green, a painter and art educator living in New York City. And today, Kenny and I are continuing the elements of painting dialogues. And in this dialogue, we will talk about angles. I will talk about the physical intersection of paint, the mental angle, and imaginal conjunctions. We hope to bring some new light to these old ideas and give you a new perspective for your own art practice. And remember to like, share, comment on these episodes and participate in any way you feel comfortable. If you'd like, go to our Patreon page. We have different tiers that give you access to behind-the-scenes content of how we create these ideas. If you'd like to see our Instagram page, you can go to the Painter's Dialectic Podcast. My Instagram page is Josh Green Artist. Kenny's is Crayola Sensei. And if you'd like to study with me and Kenny, you can go to greenatelier.art and sign up for lessons. If you'd like to see what else I have going on, you can go to joshgreenart.com. Kenny. What's up? We're back. Another Sunday. Another episode. Yep. So we left off on the line. Okay. My little idea was it's an extension of the point, right? The physical stroke, the mental line, and the imaginal transit. And with that, we were able to record a movement or a sequence by densifying it, right? So now when we come to an angle, I may say like the physical intersection, the mental angle, and the imaginal conjunction. But now we're going to talk about how these densities impact. They're moving through space, (coughs) the space of potential, and now we're having moments of contact, right? And that is the angle. And the degrees of contact, where they contact each other, is it at a finishing point? Is it at a midpoint? Is it a starting point? Those are the things we're going to consider today. So let's just break down the words real quick. So the etymology of intersection as a noun goes back to the 1550s. An act or fact of crossing. It was also in French, intersection. Latin, intersectionem, is the cutting asunder. So we get this action of cutting or crossing, right, with the physical. As a verb, it goes back to 1610s, back formation from intersection. Latin intersectus, to intersect to cut, same thing, between, to cut, yeah. So for the mental angle, the etymology of angle, space or difference in direction between intersecting lines. So a difference in direction of intersecting lines. An angle or a corner. To verb, to move at an angle, to move diagonally or obliquely. So that's, that's the etymology of that. Uh, for conjunction, for the imaginal, that word shows up in the 14th century. As a noun, it is a joining or meeting of individuals or distinct things. I love that for the imaginal. So um, why, question. Yeah. Why are you putting in conjunctional as a term? As a term? 
Mm-hmm. Well, we're talking about these these movements, right? And where they meet. So for me, in the imaginal or whatever, this is they're entering the same space, they're impacting, they're interacting. So I see that as a conjunction. What do you think about that term? Do you have No, I just asking. Are you gonna talk okay. about things in the same space, different spaces? Or what? Like if you're doing that, are you gonna do like quite a few different title angles? Well, I'm just trying to fill out each idea to give a broader perspective of the history of it and why I picked these words in particular and um, just defining them, right? We have to define the terms before we we jump in. All right. Yeah, the, the verb form is like to join together. But that's it. We'll end the etymology there. What do you mean? Um, what's, what's, what's opposite from conjunction then? Unjunction. <laughs> oh God! Oh God! Okay, yeah, we're know. we're gonna end it there. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into well, I that. I believe "con" means with, and the junct is like an adding. Okay. But yeah, we have those three. So the physical angle. Uh, this can be an intersection. The easiest one to think about, and then physical is like the intersection of a road, right? Mm-hmm. These two paths crossing, or something in motion impacting something else, or something, a knife cutting through something, intersecting. You saw the action of cutting in that word. Hmm. And so, and on the canvas, maybe in the block in or, or whatever, we have these movements that are intersecting to eventually create a shape. Now, the mental page, what we're reading from at the angle right already just that word we can see it's used in so many mental contexts what angle are you coming from what's your angle on this topic right but the cool thing about angles in in geometry is you have degrees of separation right the clock is an angle ticking we're able to track time through the motion of these angles and the way they change and the way we cut things up an angle can be a perspective like my viewpoint and with the thing out there, right? The intersection of that, or a conversation between you and me, maybe coming in at that from different angles, different lines of thought. As we densify sequences of thoughts or a string of consciousness into a line, uh, they may interact things abruptly that could change the course. And in conjunction, the imaginal, I really think of this so your, your mind is playing off of these things, right? The line, the point, the canvas, your ideas, or your projected futures. But I think of a conjunction is when two imaginations clash, when something sets you on a different direction. Maybe your imagination was going a certain way with the painting, and then the reality is going differently. So that may cause you to change your angle, or a conversation with someone of a different mindset. Those two things may conjunct and change the course. But that's kind of my thought on that. I'll, I'll pass the ball to you now. So in passing the ball, am I, am I giving you disclaimers? <laughs> well, how about first, why don't you, uh, if you have a counter-argument or you want to support oh, anything okay. I'm saying, okay, cool. why don't you do that and then we'll jump into yours. Okay, so um, just going from back to forward. Spaces... So you, you kind of went through angles and you got into shapes. 
Um, so I'll start. Can't jump the shape though. We gotta save shape for later. But you used it already. I mentioned it. I didn't say anything about shapes. I didn't. I only mentioned it as well, Josh. Oh man. <laughs> right. Okay, so a mark is either you're putting something in a parameter and you're interacting with it. So you're dealing with something in a space, whether that's in your mind or on canvas. You're interacting with it, so you forever have, you, you place a mark on it. And on a canvas, we're just gonna call it a mark. In your mind, we're just gonna say it's a point. And looking at that point, you can either, you know, you have the, the point is to draw this elaborate photo or draw or paint or whatever. And you can miss the point by, you know, it not being successful. Or you can like, you can hit your mark. Um, you can successfully display and articulate your point by all the things that kind of make it up and, you know, it, it reads successful. Um, the lines are the relationship between from mark to mark, point to point. So think of drawing by numbers and all your lines kind of connect everything to bring this whole image into play. So you got mental and physical and these things work. So point line, one, two. I think of angles as being a, a description of the mark and the lines. So angles would be more so an environment. They would be another enclosure of different points and lines and how they kind of coexist. So yeah, in the mind, it can be, you know, from one angle, from another, one perspective, from another, you know, as things shift, your mind moves. So, and you have you, you have me. So we have two different perspectives or whatever like that. But the angle only exists when we're dealing with the points, so when we're dealing with the objects. And the angles can only exist when we form a relationship, so when we form the line. So you can line a reasoning or line on a piece of paper. This is why we can look at a line, we can look at two lines without points and say they're angles. And we can have four points and then make the, the correlation, connect them in our mind and say, hey, that creates a triangle that makes a that, ma that makes other angles in our mind. So we, we can do these things. And this is why I say angles kind of hold information. You mentioned conjunctions. So you're getting into, and you, and you mentioned math. So we're getting into like, like actual angles, like zero, 30, 60, 50, mm -hmm. 90, 180, 720, all these different angles. And then, you know, we start looking at angles a little bit differently. And that is, you got starting points, ending points, midpoints, recurring, overlapping, stuff like that. And all that does fit when it comes to measuring and calculating, mm -hmm. you know? And you can do that in the mind. And you can do that as well as on paper. So if, if I'm gonna kinda stop right there, then I can't help but to be thrusted forward and I have to mention shapes. Because anytime you get, you mention angles in the mind, you, you can't skip this. Otherwise, the concept can't, you can't grasp it. In the mind, you know you're coming at from a different angle. So it's one point, another point, and a third point. That way, two perspectives can look at one thing. Therefore, we have different angles about that one thing. Mm -hmm. Okay, so 
Anytime we kind of have more than a couple marks, whether it's in our head or on the canvas, we can get into angles, perspectives, and math, and measuring whether something is on the mark or off the mark. Conjunction from the same point or 180, opposite, you know, and all angles help when you're looking at things as a whole and you can split that up into different pie sections so that kind of helps in, in math but in art you know you're you're moving from immaterial to material so angles change you can lose them i think that's important to like say here like you can you can miss points you can miss angles and mm -hmm. the the constant remeasuring checking checking from a single point or a starting point is very crucial when we're looking at points lines and angles in mark making mm -hmm. you know i was trying to think of what is the most tangible angle that i could think of that anyone could relate to i was thinking just the joints in your body right an elbow the knee there's these two continuous things that break Right, and that angle allows for what we call the articulation of the joint, the movement of the joint, right? And it's funny, like doing the research on the angles, suddenly we went from like very little uh, information, like I felt like I was squeezing water out of a stone, to like having so many ideas to go down. Like the angle was really when we hit the ground. I mean, everything from the, the clock to two people viewing an object and the point of intersection is where we find the truth between our experiences or the common idea. I mean, there's, there's so many angles to take on this. <laughs> well, just, just to look at angles it itself, angles are androgynous. So angles deal with the push and the pull where something starts and ends and how they relate. Mm -hmm. We're on track to be talking about the third installment of this whole setup. And so in order to speak about an angle, you have to you have to close something off temporarily, at least mm -hmm. to look at it as a whole. So that's what I mean by angles are androgynous. They deal with the whole of a push, a pull, a point or a line. And so that whole automatically creates an environment to deal with things, to expand beyond. It automatically creates a a contour line mm -hmm. that's why i think um angles are so important because you know th that's what we mean when we say my point of view from your point of view mm -hmm. my contour josh's contour mm -hmm. we're at different spaces and when we and we try to bring these things together are we button heads mm -hmm. are we completely standing apart from one another can we coexist? Are we learning from each other? Is it harmonious? Or do we stand gifted in a place for just something to just, I don't know, like, like angles are big and we can, we can separate them. But when we jump into this space, it's, it's like we're peeling back a, a layer of the onion and it is dealing with it. You have to come to some whole perspective. So that's why I said, I don't want to jump ahead, mm -hmm. but you do end up we are talking about, or we are talking within a shape right now. I know, but we don't want to say shapes yet. You do want to say shape because <laughs> a person could be in the, the right mindset right now, mm -hmm. listening, following along. A person could have something to add to this conversation. And if you're in the right mindset, 
a shape is going to pop up in your mind. Mm -hmm. If you're not in the right mindset, you're still going to be lost and you have an endless point, mm -hmm. which means you don't have an angle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, these, these points that change. In realism, we look, like you're saying, the contour line. But if we get the most unique perspective on a person, it's their profile, right? And okay. we have the contour line, but it's the unique breaks in that line, right? The angle breaks where the uh, contour changes, which becomes them, the unique identifier in the profile. Mm -hmm. So the way, the way in which it breaks, and if we think about someone's mind, how they changed over time, this, this continuous string of consciousness impacting life, impacting conversations, impacting culture, it changes direction, right? And everyone will have a unique, let's say, profile line of the mind, right? With all these unique angles in it. You know, if we think of angles in motion, like rotation, like the clock, like you were talking about, uh, that just becomes even more complex. These multiple lines changing in time, changing in relations and degrees, right? You know, if we add the second hand to the clock, then we have three angles that are changing. And if we kept adding different lines to that, you have this really moving, living thing like the mind, right? All these different lines of thoughts intersecting, moving, interacting with the world. It can become a really complex web of angles of movements, right? Like a web is all angles. And those angles do cut off spaces and create shapes. Suddenly a space is surrounded and then the angles open again and release back into a bigger space and then close off, right? Like, um, like cells pinching in together, coming at a very acute angle into the point of complete separation. They break off into two separate cells or a divided polarized country coming at two extreme angles until they divide and they put a dividing line through the country, right? North and South Korea. But angles, angles are so interesting. I'm having, I was kind of overwhelmed by it and I wasn't able to structure this episode as well because there was so many ideas. I mean, you're talking about push and pull. You're talking about maybe, what, what do you mean by that push and pull? When we're doing art, we're creating yeah. or we're copying or we're interpreting. So it deals with it in the making, in the building. Mm -hmm. So using angles in the building stage, your angles along with your points, along with your lines, it's what makes a world mm -hmm. to have different points of using other angles within it. Yeah, You don't have a downtown if people don't know anything about angles. Right. The, one of the basic things we talk about when it comes to landscapes and stuff is like the horizon and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's, that's like real simple work, but it's like you're not going to get around that 180 degree angle and then another point to even understand depth of field. Mm -hmm. We're talking about the building blocks of building something. So with the push and pull, I mean, I, you, I can correlate it to nature. I can correlate it to... And the push and pull of water going up and down in different spots, making different angles, um, and making different valleys, um, changing the structure of the earth. I can I can talk about how we push and pull in one environment to even um, when we get to, to masonry and then how that affects the weather and, and all these things. So like you have areas that have less metal, less lightning, areas that have more metal, more lightning. We affect, we, we 
change the angle of what it is to live in a space. Mm -hmm. So therefore, we change what it is for you to believe what you're seeing in your artwork. And the better we get across, you know, articulating or having someone believe what we're trying to get out, hit that mark, the better angle that we went at it to like kind of talk. So it's important, we was talking about bar drawings yesterday, having the wrong angle doesn't convey the same message. Yeah. You knowing how to push and pull from the negative space and the positive space, learning what point in, in measurement to start here and what line and how to make that line there's a lot of descriptive things happening within that line. Mm -hmm. um, that point is a start or an ending mark. And then that angle shows and tells the relationship between that being a non-believable world or a world that resembles reality like the one we live in today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've, now we can get to like blocking in a painting, blocking in a drawing. You have to put down the initial points, your highest height, your lowest low, your widest widths of the thing you're painting and then you need lines to begin defining edges here's where this thing ends in space and something else begins and with the angles we can begin doing an intricate shape and we can have a block in right we can begin building the framework of uh, really communicating realism even in abstract painting you might block out certain areas with some angles and how they relate in the space and also in the abstract painting what is what what are the associations with certain angles can an angle convey an emotion a really open obtuse angle open arms right or very something very acute and pointed you know sharp like a knife tip um or the horizon line like you said a perfect flat line there's an extreme contextuality to angles and they can, they're used to build. They're used to define yeah. and describe change in a course, right? Or the intersection, the cutting, the dividing. Just, I just nah. sound like a math nerd now. Like angles. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I think he can go, nah, I think he can go deeper when it comes to like the math. So, nah, I think you're right on par with it. How you want to get into this thing? Okay, you like, ready to go in the woods? Let's make it useful. Let's go in the woods. I feel like we laid out maybe a pretty reasonable everyday thing. I think I think conjunction is where it's going to get fun. Really? Yeah, I want to get into the imaginal angle because that's, that's a little hard. Or maybe even conversational angle. Some, how about this? Sum up imaginal angle real quick. Very easy to just throw out and understand. Okay, well, the imagination is always projecting right and looking at possibilities so an imaginal angle describes an abrupt movement a changing course in that right and the idea of conjunction is something new entering the mental space or the imaginal space something new is entering it an idea uh, a person in your vision you travel abroad, you're in a new, a new space with a different culture, different colors, different flavors, uh, and they're conjuncting with what you're bringing inside of you, what you imported in your head to that space. And now there's a conjunction. Now there's a shift in that mental movement, that imaginal movement. Maybe because you went to that new space, you're able to imagine new possibilities that you were limited to in the old space, right? It's a change of okay. course. I got one question yeah. with it because I'm I'm following okay. you, 
but then the thing that pops up is then what would be the difference between a conjunction and and an intersection or or like what's the difference between another angle or intersection if a conjunction is just a type of intersection well i think they're all related all the terms are related i picked those because i thought they suited the physical the mental and the imaginal in different ways they don't have to be we could switch them around this is just for the sake of use i picked these because of that for me they fit the best right well i'm just no no you don't have to switch them like i'm i'm only asking to it's okay i kind of feel like i want to be put to the test right now i'm like in the right mood. why i'm in the right mood for it uh so i don't i don't want to jump too far ahead if we just explaining I, I I just wanted to know that before like we continue okay. going. So, and so right now, am I right or am I wrong by following as conjunction as being that place where we're intersecting? Yeah, it is an in the mo- yeah. the imaginary yeah, place. Yeah, there's an intersection. But when I imagine conjunction, I imagine like maybe like two comets hitting or something. You know, like and becoming. You know, like comets will hit and they'll melt into a new thing. They'll become one bigger comet now. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, you go ahead. I see that's something different. That's then. That's what I wanted okay. to know. So, but continue, you imagine continue. them. You imagine the comets flying through space. They have yeah, their yeah. their I'm, vector. I'm, There's certain angles they're coming in at. They hit, and um, yeah. they may conjunct, right? But I think isn't that I'm how the moon you. was created? Like a comet hit the Earth, and a piece of Earth broke off, and became the moon. Uh, you, if you ask me, I believe that's so far off it doesn't make any sense. But <laughs> it's, I'm pretty sure that's written down somewhere. Maybe I read that in like middle school or something. I don't know. <laughs> I like the bigger possibilities of an angle. Yeah. And uh, I'm 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 following you. I'm able to follow what you're where you're coming okay, from. Good. So yeah, you continue. Yeah. Yeah. So like I've been conjuncted so many times when I think about it. Sometimes I got so tired of a line of thought, a line of living. Alina, whatever, I'm begging for the breaking point, right? The shift in angle to occur. And I will go to another place. Or even I think in the act of, of creativity, we have to lay down the critical mind and all the judgments and everything we care about and just play. We force a shift in thought. Even a meditation, the act of being aware and clearing everything out, making new potential, well, that that break is like the articulation of joint. We move into a different mindset, right? There's a jointed action there. We suddenly shift into a new plane. The brain energy vibrates, right? There's theta, gamma, beta, alpha waves, right? When you are done with the waking state, you lay down and you shift into a new conscious angle of the dream state, the sleeping state. Or, you know, if you're, if someone injects you at the hospital something to put you under you shift into an unconscious state or during your waking life you may shift angles into a daydreaming state or you can even think of emotions as an angle change you're having a great day then someone says hey or what oh the other day a guy this 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 guy he's like you look like a musketeer you're out here you're out here looking like a musketeer and so that shifted me. I'm like, I don't look like a musketeer. Okay, maybe I kind of do. <laughs> but right, that shifted my uh, <laughs> musketeer. That shifted my angle, right? 
but that's how I'm seeing it. It's very dynamic. Now I'm about to come okay, at you. Okay, great. I'm ready. The way I hear you describe an angle, uh huh. I just I hear degree. Well, degrees and angles are intertwined. Mm, degree is a degree, and the angle is a, the relationship from that degree from a central point. Yeah. That's, that's how we get so, an angle. Acute angle, a right angle, an obtuse angle, a reflexive angle, a full rotation. Those all have to do with the measurements of the degrees. Yeah, but there's... There's three parties involved. There's three points. Okay. So you have one point. Yeah. Our first point, we just consider it being a central point. Mm-hmm. The next point isn't is is unknown till it's marked. Mm-hmm. But the next points end up being a radius, mm-hmm. and then the next point is what we can say is an angle because we have the the first point that we're calling the central. Mm-hmm. The second point we're gonna call that a starting point. So you got zero one. And then you got the third point, which is actually your your second point, not counting the center. So now we can have an angle from the central point to the first and the second mark. And so now we can have uh, a degree. So that's a now when we calculate those two lines and say it's an angle, we can say the the angle, the, the degree of that angle. Mm-hmm. So when we get to talking about a conjunction, mm-hmm. You're talking about two spaces existing in one, and that's one degree and two degree based off a whole. If we split, let's, let's take let's take days or because you mentioned moon and travel and all that stuff. So let's give an example. Mm-hmm. Three hundred and sixty degrees. Mm-hmm. Let's split it up into thirty degrees, like like they do. Mm-hmm. So you have 12, 12 sections of thirty degrees. Mm-hmm. A conjunction, if you have 12 sections at 30 degrees, if we're talking about 1 and 2 degrees in the first 30 degrees, that's a conjunction. Mm-hmm. But 60, 35, 90 degrees, 150 degrees from the starting point of the first degree would no longer be a conjunction. But for them to two have a relationship, now we can say it's a 90 degree uh, a, a thirty degree, or you know, a hundred eighty degree, whether it be the horizontal line, mm-hmm. which is two points still interacting, two points still intersecting mm-hmm. through the use of the line, mm-hmm. but they're in different locations. So now we get distance. So now, now we now we can check the the can the whole diameter of something, or the the. It's beyond a radius. That radius went around, so now we got a full. We're we're talking about the full 360. We're talking about an actual enclosure, and that, in my mind, that's that's when we get into okay. We're gonna stop here. What degree did we land on? Mm-hmm. Now, when we go into that degree, what are we relating with? Okay, and then that deals with the actual angle. Mm-hmm. So your degrees. It, so it's like temperature and temperament. Mm-hmm. So when you're talking about emotions. Your temperament can change. Mm-hmm. So how mad are you? How how your degree of anger, calmness, or whatever, mm-hmm. and then whatever one you select, you can now pick an angle to be at. Yeah. Because I know there's multiple ones. You know what I mean? So that's how I was. That's how I was hearing it, and that's how I was talking about the clarification because I was hearing more degree 
then angle, even though they're no, like, like you can't have I one like without the other. I'm gonna jump on this one now. <laughs> yeah, I'm having ahead, fun. Right. So like you mm. broke. So if we break the circle into quarters, we have midnight or noon. Three o'clock. Six o'clock. Nine o'clock. English time. Yeah, we're, now we're talking about a cycle, four seasons. Winter, spring, summer, fall. We cut that up. And then we could cut, keep cutting that up into the 12 months, right? The 12 moon cycles, the, the steps of Horus across the sky, right? It's, it's fun. And then, yeah, and the degrees, if we're talking about, if we imagine the polarity of emotions, say we have at noon is fear, and at six o'clock we have courage, then the movement through that, we get the full spectrum of fear and courage, right? Right. Love and hate, you know, is another one we could do, you know, or you have full midnight hate, or you're at six o'clock full love, or what degree in the scale are you in that direction, right? Are you moving towards love, going from midnight to six, are you moving away from love to hate from six to midnight or to, to noon? But those are in angles. And to measure that, you need to stop the movement and, and check in with the degree, right? This is the degree we're at. So just looking at it that way, or even the way you was explaining it, but also bring mm-hmm. it back to, let's bring it back to how to apply those things or how to reverse engineer these things when we're working on art. Yeah, I mean, I'm a visual learner, so if I can turn something into an image, I've got it, right? So thinking about the clock, that's really easy for me if you're an auditory learner or a a sensory learner. If you're not an abstract thinker, that may be very difficult. But for me, that works. And in art, when I try to, like, say, for example, I'm doing a portrait of you, I'm going to put down those marks very generally because... I'm deciding where to place you on the canvas, how I want your head relating in the space, and what angle even I want your head turned at. You know, if I, am I looking at you straight on? Is it a 180? Are we directly impacting? Are you at two quarters turn? You know, that's a really popular one. Or am I glorifying you by looking at you at 90 degrees mm-hmm. in your profile, right? The face we stamp on the corn is at 90 degrees, right? That's the, the highest level. You're just looking at unique. I think that the quarter, the quarter turns are nice. That's classic. So I decide that, what angle I want you looking at, if I want your head down, if I want your head up. And then I begin blocking in. And like I said, the profile or whatever, I have to construct the unique angle breaks in your contour, right? And also the way the light is flowing across you, that shadow line. I have to copy the unique angle breaks in that shadow line to make you three-dimensional. If I don't accurately copy those angles, then it won't communicate you. In the abstract, do I want big open shapes like Georgia O'Keeffe shapes? Or uh, do I want really jagged, violent, hard edge? They're not popular. It's not a lot. What do you mean by jagged? I mean, I was looking at Jenny Seville earlier today. Okay, yeah, that's definitely a lot of broken brushwork, cutting edges. Yeah. Definitely, yeah, and that gives a more harsher feeling. Or if we think of, um, God, I completely blanked on his name. Or we can look at a bunch of right angles like Mondrian. And there's something very um, stagnant and, and kind of pleasing and ordered, right? 
to the right angle, to the square, the rectangle. Everything's neat and clean. There's no ambiguity, right, in the right angle. The obtuse angle and the acute angle seem to carry a lot of energy visually. Why you say that? They're more dynamic. I think there's something very stationary about symmetry that you get in a square or a rectangle or all these right angles or, or a straight line, right? There's something stationary about them. But when you have something more asymmetric, it instantly becomes more dynamic and communicates energy or imbalance, like a Baroque painting, right? They're very imbalanced, and that creates an energy, a movement in them. They'll have acute angles or big obtuse movements or things like that. Gotcha. I get you. Because so, we're talking about the significance of points, marks, and lines, how to use, how to reverse. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I guess you could just make your statement on the importance or the value of why you should be aware of angles and how can it help or how it could be a detriment if you can't grasp the concept of angles in your work when it comes from a crafting standpoint, understanding, and then mm -hmm. actual visionary or art standpoint, being able to come and look at it. Yeah, for construction, it's essential to know how to get an angle. Like the 45, if you're frame building, if you can't, if you don't have a good miter saw and you can't get that 45, you're never gonna make a nice joint. Or um, think about the tongue and grooves on the stretcher bar. I've tried to make stretch, I can't make them. You need a really high precision machine to cut those tongue and groove joints at the perfect 45 to make a good stretcher bar. So for construction, it's essential, the incline of a roof. Are you in a snowy area? Then you want more of an acute angle, a very tall roof with a sharp angle. If it's a drier place like the desert, you could probably get away with a flat roof. But for construction, angles are very important to know. You know, I'm having fun with them and realism, but there, there is is important composition, right? If you just do someone straight on their face, right? Just someone straight on. That's kind of boring. Give them some life, some movement, right? What if you want to show them in action? What is a pose they usually do? What are the angles of their arms, the angles of the joints? You know, turning those into interesting shapes. How do you want them to feel? The acute angle will feel dangerous, right? Not in a big way, but in a little way, you know, it is sharp, right? To have the knife in the still life, right? Sets a different mood than having all these round bottles or something like that. So visually, Visually, maybe more compositionally, they're very important. But um, in realism, being able to get the exact angle breaks in someone's contour is essential. Um, and then I think philosophically, right, the way I'm talking about these movements and going to a different culture and things like that, for me, I'm just having fun. I like, I like imagining that, you know, I'm playing around with the idea, expanding the idea. And... Um, I think that's an interesting angle to take on that. And just recognizing how we use these in language, too. That's why we do the etymologies of these words. And you see that as we speak, there's so many little mottos and sayings and, and these old things that show that people have been using these things in that way for centuries, that, that these ideas are malleable. I really had fun with changing the degrees of things. That's degrees get interesting. You know, you earn your degree, and now you have different rights than you did before in school. 
Someone who doesn't have a degree in our society, we put limits on them. They have less rights to speak about certain things than someone with the degree. Their angle has changed through going through the process of getting the degree. But one thing I don't like about institutional degrees is everyone comes out of the same angle, roughly. But it's interesting, like, there's the degrees, again, we use that to limit people. You're now at a different angle on life. You now have access to jobs, to higher income. And the higher my income, now I have more human rights. I have rights to more health care, rights to getting loans, to get a house, to get a car, things like that. Those, if people don't have that degree, they don't get that angle on life. And even the higher you go, there's different societal degrees that change, you know. Now I make so much money, I'm able to tax evade. I can now buy this painting, donate it to a museum. Boom, 60 million in my bank. They're at a very high degree, right? Those people where they can come in at the judicial system at a different angle than we can. So there's societal angles too. Politicians are always playing an angle, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Democrats play a very obtuse angle. They try to get a huge voting party by accepting everyone in. They have a very broad angle, but Republicans have a more acute angle. They focus more on the commercial, these, this minority of people in power in the government. Like uh, the Democrats, they, they get their money through donation, right? If you're a Democrat, you're getting messages all the time to donate. But Republicans don't do that. They get their donations from corporations. So it's a more acute angle, a smaller group. But it's fun to play around with these ideas, right? It's fun to um, expand them in certain ways. I don't know. What do you think, Kenny? I do think it's fun. Maybe I look at angles way too serious. <laughs> um, but the thing what got me onto angles, an angle is like a train track. It gets you out of a limit or lets you go within a another limit. So it it crosses it crosses state lines. It crosses yeah, different states. It crosses lines. Though it may cross lines, it also can circulate. So you can you can come around and hit that angle over and over again. When we talk about angles, we could talk about it in a cyclical form, or we could talk about it in a real direct form. We're not even talking about the line itself, and we're not even talking about the points. We're just talking about the relation be between the points and the line. Oh, you just said such a key thing that we need to talk about. You said but. such a key thing. That's right, because the lines are the densified thing, but really what makes an angle is also the negative space, right? That space of potential on both sides of these lines, these mm. borders. That's a big part of angle. It's how I they move through the, the space. I, I think the position. The position okay. makes the angle. The position. What do you mean? Relative position makes angles. Without the relativity and without a difference of position, there is no angle. Mm. Don't get me on relativity, well, I'll start doing Einstein's imagination well, things again. Because I'm saying that because I'm sp space is space. You can you can encapsulate mm -hmm. as many ob objective, subjective things you want to in that space and come from many angles mm -hmm. within that space. 
but you're still going to be around the mm -hmm. space and you're still going to be within a space. So I'm going to leave that be and I'm going to leave potential mm -hmm. in spaces. And then I'm going to yeah. move on from those potentials in spaces and whichever one I land, miss or mark, whatever like that, that happens to be my limit. So I can't perform all possibilities, but I can perform, you know, a number of possibilities from my position. So my position holding my information in relation to anything outside or inside of me that I can be aware of produces an angle because you're going to produce a midpoint. And once you track those two points and something moves, because we always know something moves inside or out, shit's always moving, then that's when you start to pay attention to angles. At first, you're just paying attention to the relationship. So you're just paying attention to the line. So when we get all the way here to angles, you know, I, I could go crazy into like, where angles take me but just to just to look back for a second and really like wrap them around lines we go from one point to another and to leave a to leave a mark from one point to another is a line one angle on that line is what were you going through or what were you thinking of or what were you trying to convey in that quote-unquote line or stroke. So what was your line of reasoning? And when we talk about that line of reasoning, if it's something that anyone else can relate to, then we now bring up different angles of how to view that line. So this is why critiques are important when we, you know, is that line really straight? Did Rembrandt really make the perfect circle like 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 you know what what makes it off i mean is someone's eye sharper um are you how far are you away are you really up close um you know the positions really make the angle and how we express the angle is reverse engineered in the line yeah you may actually be on the angle but now you know is that a is that a is that a harsh line? Is it a thin line? Is it a thick line? Okay, you slightly brought me into that world. Now, how are you interacting with that world? So I don't want to drift too far from how important the line is and that points, lines, angles, shapes, values, degrees, they're all have the same amount of value and importance. It's just that the degree and or the percentage of how much you want to use, I think for me that that's what I really want to get on to this you know this whole series of what we're talking about is mixing up the degrees and percentages of different values of space, point, potential, line, angles. If I can mix all these things up and say I'll use twenty percent of this, ten percent of that, you know, make that up whatever you know by default we're naturally going to do it we come from different walks of life we come from different environments of life and how we live even from our next door neighbor is true enough and technically a different position so with that position i already have the gift of looking at something differently and i think it's important when we talk about these things in art because 
A lot of people harp on trying to bring something new. It's easy to bring something new. Just look at things from your perspective, and it's going to be new. Now, what it takes to express that newness, you know, you got other percentages that you may have to work with, and you may have to change your angles and perspectives on looking at things. So, and I can even refer that to what you're talking about, school and society and, and stuff like that. And I'll say, well, you started at a conjunction. If you're going to start in a school, and, and if the school is a lot bigger than you, then you're only going to move within the confines or the parameters of who's ever moved the furthest there. You can move past it, but it's easier to move past institutionalized systems when you just don't start in the institution. You start like the person who built the institution in a world with no institutions. So therefore, you already are in the playground. You, you're not confined. And when it comes to society saying da-da-da-da, well then, yeah, because angles can look inward and outward. So, yeah, through the whole world, society is still a smaller angle. It's still a p- smaller perspective, still a smaller point of view, which means y'all still have to discover what's in the world and the world is already being made up like this. It's it's you one to reshape, mold, confine, constraint, control the world in a, in a manner. Whether that may be good or bad, if we look at it like that, then we know that, say, say myself, yeah, I went through college in UWF, but that's just a parameter to me in the angle that I came from didn't start with UWF, so... I had no I had no problem with like turning UDF on its side and going straight through it. This was UDF for me. It was just a barrier that I went past. It wasn't something that I got stuck in and it was my world. You, you get what I mean? So once you twin You got a little stuck. You got a little <laughs> okay. You when that I, when place. I okay, when I say it like this, you can't you have to get lost into something. I don't want to, I don't want to just, yeah. when I say is that I didn't fall off my mission because my mission was never to go to college in the first mm-hmm. place and learn those things. It was, oh, there's a bunch of interesting mm-hmm. shit here and they can help me do this and this and this. But if they, if there wasn't something, yeah. once that, you know, after a period of time, after I'm no longer there, it goes, fuck, none of those things work for me because it mm-hmm. wasn't for me in the first place. Now, there's still things there that mm-hmm. I like, true, and can use, but it goes, Okay, do I want to keep going in that angle? But because I know that I still have all mm-hmm. these different degrees and I watch things shift over time, I know I can still go here, here, and mm-hmm. here. So now I'm choosing. So with that, mm-hmm. with that power of choice, and then looking at your art from that life experience, then it goes, okay, art, n- not not the craft, because how you're speaking about it, I think it's very important in the craft. But the art that can influence your craft goes, I read that the moon and the sun interacts like this. But I know when I'm lost, the first thing you do is you fucking look around. And when you look around, you see anything that remotely has some stability. If you get lost again, whether it's there or not, you look at that ghost image or you look at that position. So you automatically look. And then from there, if it's something to move, you track it. So that puts you in the in the mind state of what people did to even have this information to give you. They begin to track something mm-hmm. in the in the unknown space. 
So they started with unknown. So they mm-hmm. started with potential, the potential of, I don't know, maybe someone started in stability. Maybe when someone started in creativity. Maybe someone started in fear. Maybe someone started in relation. It doesn't matter where they start. Either way they go, they all develop the practice of tracking in their own way. So looking at this form of angle, position, tracking, line, marks, and all these things from an artistic perspective, someone today can walk outside their house for the next 365 days and track the sun on their own and deal with the weather different the different weather conditions, the different things that people think about, um, the different plants that grow in a certain way in your environment, and the day-to-day experiences that you just deal with with who you live with and who you have to interact with on the daily and try to track these one these, these couple things in the sky and whatnot. And you're going to have a different perspective or a different position in and on life for the simple fact you're doing something for yourself for that long that is a building block of civilization period developing a new practice a new style a new way to say something a new a new percentage of how to mix something up in your art will become second nature because me tracking the sun, you know, or me tracking the moon, me tracking the seasons, me tracking myself, me tracking a thought that moved it with that time. It's that's what it is to go back in your mind as a child and remember a function, pull that function out, see how that mm-hmm. function interacts with this. Okay, every time that function interacts very well in this space. But when I bring that function over here, it doesn't work. Yeah, exploring my mind works very well before going to sleep at night and thinking of an of a art project. But it doesn't work well when actually executing. So angles and perceptions and degrees of measurement is a lot deeper than what we can look to every day and just grasp upon. But we can actually meditate on or ponder on the, the formality of itself. And then, you know, you start to see everyone's newness. Yeah, like when the moon is 180 degrees to the sun, we have the full moon, right? And the earth is pulled in two directions, toward the sun and towards the moon. And the water, the big bump of water that follows that follows the moon around the earth, right, is the tides. So the tide is affected. The menstrual cycles are affected. Abundance of light at night shortens the time of sleep. How about all those things out. are different? Right? How about all those things that you pointed out are just their positions on talking about yeah. the same relation that ties all these things together, rather than those being like, yeah. we, we explain moon, sun, transit, tides, water. We explain all these things like they're linear. Not that oh, they're all joined by something you're not seeing. So they're not as if we read them out to believe. They're all cyclic. So mm-hmm. it, it, like you, you have to pay more attention to the relationship and everyone can get their new perspective out of rather than paying attention to the information resulting from someone's perspective. Am, mm-hmm. am, I, am I making sense? Because... You could at the at the end of the day, from those perspectives, y'all, you're just gonna either go over mm-hmm. over in the time with being right or wrong, and building technologies off those rights or wrong, but you're not building 
new mm-hmm. technologies on connection. And if the problem is us all connecting and being able to get on one accord, then let's follow the practice. I don't think you're practicing the connections. You're practicing on the results from mm-hmm. one perspective. If you don't have your own angle, you don't know your position. And if you don't have your own position, then you're dependent on someone Correct. else's angle. And then you enter the intellectual welfare state that we currently live in. <laughs> the intellectual welfare state. You mean Let's like hand goop, out, hey. handing out knowledge. You're not allowed to think for yourself. Let's, you know, like I think Google has like, it has lobotomized us in a way, because instead of, okay, everyone cares about you know being right and wrong and whatever, but we turn to Google first. Yeah. Rather than ourselves. Yeah. And even in a conversation, you find that people cannot just give you an opinion on something because they have to stop the conversation, get on the phone, refer to Google. You don't even have an angle. You don't yeah. even have your own angle. Yeah. You'd have, you're in an intellectual welfare state where you have to depend on someone else's angle because you no longer can think for yourself. Yeah. Right now, you know, me and Kenny may be hard to understand because we have our own angle. We're coming at different degrees you know, we're trying to get, we're trying to be independent thinkers. It doesn't matter if we're right or wrong. We're critical thinkers. We can sort out the falsity and the truth. But if you're in an intellectual welfare state, you cannot sort out falsity and truth. You're dependent on someone else's angle or Google's angle or whatever's angle on everything. So you're easily manipulated because you don't trust yourself. You don't believe in your experience. You're always going to someone else's experience. That's not to say our experiences are perfect. If visual art teaches us anything, it's that it's almost impossible to see the truth and to judge it accurately and to record it accurately. It's almost an impossible mission. But if you're going to be an artist, a creative artist, you have to have your own angle on everything. And like you said, that's what makes you original, right? Is that you have your own angle. You're no longer a dependent in an intellectual welfare state you are now a contributor to the state, right? You have a fresh perspective. Yeah. And I just think that's always the better, I don't want to say better, but it's always the more um, fruitful or plentiful side to be on. You can always jump back into the other world of, you know, like receiving from others. And you're going you're gonna to have to. So I, I like, I'm, I'm the first. Um, I think imitation is one of the best ways to learn but I, I think imitation on how someone got to something to me that's what i would consider like a, a great way to learn though so it's like I, maybe i couldn't understand what i was looking at so i imitated you but at some point i asked you how did you even get to that point and then there i go that's that's me almost like i'm i'm kind of breaking through and that's what i meant by uwf it's like mm-hmm. you know like the people the connections that i made there I did ask the question, mm-hmm. well, how did you get to your process of art? Not mm-hmm. what, how. And it goes, and then once you start hearing the life stories, then you goes, okay, that's why that person's hand, that's why that person thinks mm-hmm. rapidly, that's why, you know. And then, then that person can kind of tell you for real about themselves. Then you know that person, they, mm-hmm. in, they investigated themselves. So it's like, Okay, cool. And that's why I can't see anyone else's work like yours, and that makes sense. But mm-hmm. you're doing the same thing as the next. So we're all in class learning it mm-hmm. a certain type of way. And that ambiguous state of 
I don't know, do it your way and someone won't give you the, the, the quote unquote right structural way to do it as you see the mm-hmm. copy, I think is there's a gift and curse and everything. The gift is you're you're more than likely if you stick with it, you're gonna be closer mm-hmm. to the original side of creating art. And then the detrimental mm-hmm. side is, you know, if that was the thing that you was actually after, you know, yours might not ever look like theirs because the person's not giving you, hey, you need to be this close, you need to move your line like this and you need to learn all these things. So they're not mm-hmm. they're not giving you control of that particular position. And mm-hmm. you know, I in in art is important to learn how to gain control of a particular position. And it's also important to learn how to, you know, go beyond positions that you feel like they're no longer useful to me. Right. The 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 chess piece doesn't see all the angles. The chess piece has a lower degree of perspective. Yeah. It just feels the movement of the hand. Yeah. And calls it its own movement. Yeah. But once you change the degree of your perspective, you now are the one thinking out the angles yeah. for the pieces. Yeah, yeah. Right? But you have to be the piece and play the game to learn the patterns to become the player. Correct. There is no game without pieces and players. Correct. Right. Yeah. So... I think with that, I think we made an angle. <laughs> All right, cool. Yeah, thank you, everyone who's listening. Um, we really hope you're enjoying our content and we're <laughs> taking you on a unique angle, hopefully raising your degree of perspective. And uh, thank you to everyone who's supporting us on Patreon. Um, your donations help us to continue making this meaningful content. And remember, everyone, to be critically creative.